in the world of freedom. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Ich bin ein Berliner. This is Radio Goethe Magazine with Arndt Peltner. News and information from the heart of Europe. Hello and welcome to Radio Goethe Magazine. I'm Hans Peltner. In today's program we have an interview with Hans-Ulrich Klose, chairman of the German-American Parliamentarian Group, and Three Heads Radio from Berlin introduces a new electronic project. So stay tuned. Hans-Ulrich Klose has been a major player in German politics for decades. He was the first mayor of the city of Hamburg before he became a member of the German parliament, the Bundestag, in 1983. There he has been the opposition leader and the vice president to the Bundestag. But Hans-Ulrich Klose's expertise lies in foreign affairs. No wonder he chairs the German-American parliamentarian group. On my recent trip to Berlin, I talked to him in his office at the Bundestag. Mr. Klose, you are the chairman of the German-American Parliamentarian Group. What is this group all about? Well, it's a group that tries to uh, hold personal contacts between members of uh, the German Parliament and uh, both uh, chambers of the American Congress, House and, and Senate. So the best uh, development would be to know as many people as possible uh, so that in a case of uh, turbulence, you can just grab a telephone and call a partner in, in the U.S. What's going on over there? And can I explain what's going on here in, in, in Germany? Second, we are trying to uh, invite uh, interesting people who come uh, from the States to, to Berlin, ambassadors, politicians, intellectuals, uh, representatives of media and uh, the biggest point is we have a corresponding group in, in Congress, the Congressional Study Group on Germany and we meet uh, every year uh, once in uh, the US and once in, in, in Germany for five or six days and uh, we are heading for the 25th meeting uh, next year so we are creating, in kind of a parliamentary grassroots work, uh, a basis of cooperation that is not in the media, but is very important, especially in cases of difficulties. But since this group has been in place for such a long time, why did things go south in the German-American relations over the Iraq conflict? Well, I would say without this group, uh, the difficulties would have lasted much longer and uh, would have become at least as tough as those between the U.S. and the French. But uh, due to this group, we managed to overcome the situation pretty soon. Uh, I mean, all of this occurred because uh, there was uh, some difference in opinion between the U.S. and the German government, especially President Bush and Chancellor Schroeder, on uh, this war and the procedure and the wording and the rhetoric all around this was uh, unfit for the situation and in the US there was a feeling of disappointment and in, uh, in, in Germany 
the whole question was used to uh, uh, kind of strengthen the electoral campaign. Although there were no direct contacts between President Bush and then-Chancellor Schröder, were you able to talk to members of Congress and work on the relations? Well, at first I, I should mention that uh, although there was some personal differences between uh, the two leading figures, there were others in, uh, on both sides who continued to cooperate. Uh, I like to mention uh, those who were responsible for justice or interior problems. Otto Schley, for example, was in, in steady contact with uh, the U.S. government and the cooperation continued as it did uh, before. It was more a, uh, a, a, an emotional reaction on both sides. Uh, you see, you have to remember that uh, President Bush Sr., after reunification of Germany offered to the German government to be kind of a partner in leadership, which the German government did not accept it because they were not able and willing. Uh, but uh, because the United States did play such a big role in German reunification, the disappointment over Germany was so high. And on the other side, Schröder, I believe, never had a real feeling of what the United States is. So uh, it was difficult to get these two persons again to uh, cooperate in a natural manner. Uh, but the rest of uh, uh, the government was, was willing to cooperate. You had, however, on both sides, well, in the U.S., something like anti-Europeanism, or especially aimed at France and Germany, and on the German side you had the kind of an anti-Americanism, which I believe is more a anti-Bushism. But uh, you see, you have always had ups and downs in the relations, and the down was this time deeper than it was ever before. How do you see the new relations between the U.S. and Germany? Are you satisfied with Chancellor Merkel's way? Well, I think that Chancellor Merkel did a lot of good in the transatlantic relations. Um, she's a different type. And uh, I was with her when she uh, made her first visit as Chancellor in, in the United States. And I heard her speech in the German embassy, and she had a natural way to say, well, I'm here to visit friends, which was an opening remark that uh, helped to overcome all the difficulties that we have witnessed before. Nevertheless, there are still uh, political differences to the United States government. And uh, as you know, President Bush is not what you could call a popular figure in, uh, in Europe and in Germany. But my impression is that there is some criticism also in the United States. Germany and the U.S. have been close allies for decades, especially during the Cold War. The Iron Curtain is gone. Germany is much more embedded in the European Union. Is the U.S. still such an important partner and ally to Germany like it used to be? Well, maybe you could say that uh, there have been some changes on both sides. If you look at the U.S., you can say that... Uh, uh, 
the geostrategic interests of the U.S. have shifted from Europe west to Europe east and into neighboring regions like Middle East and Central Asia and, and, uh, and Asia. And uh, Germany, of course, is not anymore a frontline state. And uh, we are surrounded today by uh, partner states who uh, hopefully will be our friends in the future. So, yes, there has been a change. We are not as important anymore as we used to be during the times of uh, the Cold War. However, if you look at the development of uh, the world ever since, and once you start to define the risks and challenges that we have to deal with in, in our days, I would say there's a lot of good arguments to continue to cooperate. Uh, for Europe, the United States will continue to be the main partner, and the United States uh, have learned a bitter lesson, for example, in Iraq. They can uh, conquer all parts of the world, but uh, they cannot manage peace without cooperation with other partners. And the Europeans are partners. What kind of challenges do you see for the German-American relations in the future? I believe we should, uh, we should uh, be more open to each other. Today we have two major points where we need uh, additional discussion and debate. Uh, we don't, I believe we don't have a common strategy uh, on Russia. Uh, the Europeans um, are in a different uh, position than the United States. In the US, the general headline vis-a-vis -vis Russia is, Russia is important but not vital. From a European point of view, Russia is important and vital. Because, uh, like it or not, uh, to a large extent, uh, the Western Europeans depend on Russia for energy and also security. Same as the Russians depend on Western Europe because we are the, uh, the ones who buy about 80 to 90 percent of their uh, energy exports. That makes a big difference. Um, the second big point is, uh, is climate. Uh, we would like to see the United States government being more cooperative in uh, trying to find solutions, and the solutions for this problem have to be global. But you don't get uh, a global approach to these problems without the United States. Are you waiting for a new government in the U.S.? Are you hoping for some change? Well, we see, of course, that uh, the government in, in Washington still is reluctant, as you can see right now at the conference in, in Bali. However, if you look uh, on the United States as a whole, you can see there are a lot of uh, states uh, that try to be... Uh, Uh, kind of a uh, an elite in, in climate questions and uh, California is one of those and there are some others. So what we once again witness is um, that the American society in itself has a lot of uh, 
of power to change attitudes if they feel there's a necessity for change. And uh, I'm hopeful that uh, in the future years, uh, also the government in, in Washington will take another stand. Mr. Klose, how closely are you watching the campaigns in the US? Are you hoping for someone to succeed? Well, of course, we are watching the campaigns. And uh, in, in a joke, we sometimes say that uh, we Europeans should have a right to uh, participate in the voting because the American president, whoever it is, is so important for not only the United States, but also for Europe, that we should have a, a vote in this. Well, we, we are watching the, uh, the campaign on both sides, Republican and Democrat. Uh, and, uh, we have maybe some sympathies. I would say the young people in, in Germany would probably uh, vote in majority for Obama if it's a Democrat. Uh, the rest of us uh, would probably say that Hillary is going to make the race. It's more difficult on the Republican side. Mm, we are listening to uh, the polls and uh, hear that Giuliani is, is heading. Uh, however, there is uh, some doubt whether he will make the nomination and uh, could win the presidential race. There are some new interesting names coming up. Mitt Romney is one of those. and. Um, in these days, it's uh, Mike Huckabee who's kind of fascinating uh, not only the Americans but also some Europeans. So it's open. We are interested uh, and we are looking forward. Germany and the US have been close partners, but things changed. Is there still something today what Germany can learn from America? Yes, I think we could learn a, a lot from, uh, from the United States because you see, Europe as a whole and Germany, we are old countries and our mentality to some extent is old. So uh, if you take an example, if we make a mistake, a major mistake, we have a tendency to just sit back and say, never again. In the United States, they're making mistakes also. But they wouldn't say never again, no, they would say next time we're doing better. So there's one big difference, it's this specific uh, vigorous optimism of the United States that uh, is something that we uh, should, uh, well, not, not follow, but uh, we, should, uh, we should participate in this kind of, uh, of vigorous optimism. Uh, and this is something that we can learn from the states. And the, the other uh, big point of the U.S., if there is a development that causes headaches, like all the developments around the Iraq war, Guantanamo, and so on, we see, yes, there are mistakes of government, but there's also the possibility and the power to kind of self-correct uh, the development. There's a justice system that, uh, that helps. There are civil movements. There's the media. 
So the American system is working. And uh, this is probably the best example that a democracy can give to the rest of the world. My experience in the US has been that many Americans still have a strange idea of Germany, thinking that all Germans are running around in Lederhosen and celebrating Oktoberfest 365 days a year. Do you see a chance to change this image and present a more realistic picture? Well, we are trying very hard by using uh, cultural institutions like Goethe Institute and, and others. However, we have... Uh, opponents on the other side, opponents, uh, I don't mean it uh, verbally, that is memory and traditional thinking of those people who came to the United States 100 or 150 years ago. Uh, their traditional picture of uh, Germany and uh, the customs and habits that they are trying to, to foster are so different from uh, what Germany is today that you uh, are always astonished to, to, to just witness that. I remember a few uh, years ago we had a meeting or a meeting with the Congressional Study Group in, uh, up in Minnesota and we visited a little city called New Ulm, Neu Ulm. And I, I tell you, They had a copy of Hermann Denkmal uh, in this city and a little tower with bells on, on the marketplace and it was uh, ringing a, a German song Üb immer treu und redlichkeit and on the evening, it was a wonderful evening, there was a music group that played music of uh, the last centuries but not music of today. So we are kind of trapped in between tradition and, and modern life. Is there a chance to change this image? It's not, uh, you cannot just press a button and change it. Uh, we are trying, as I said, with Goethe, personal visitors, exchange programs are extremely important. We have uh, a German television in, in the US and also radio. Uh, The rest is uh, normal development of societies. There was Hans-Ulrich Klose, chairman of the German-American Parliamentarian Group.
Radio Goethe has a close relationship with Three Hats Radio in Berlin, who are specializing in the German electronic music scene. Tim Thaler of Three Hats selected for today's show another artist. Here is a new edition of Made in Germany. Made in Germany. A warm welcome from my side. This is Tim with the newest issue of Made in Germany. By the end of this year I digged out an album that was already released in the beginning of 2007 but got totally lost on my desk somehow. Although the second album, named 2, how fitting, of uh, Le Dust Suckers from Berlin definitely is worth presenting it. There is absolutely no question left about where Le Dust Sucker want to go with their album. The direction is straight forward. Already with the first track, Schools Out, they provide a real grading piece of music. Very groovy drums meet up with guitars, synthy beats and vocal snippets. Listen to this. Thank you. 
The Dust Tucker remained true to the mixture they used for Schools Out, the first track taken from their album too. During the next nine tracks, the two guys also spread in some violin and viola elements in a nice regularity and by using instruments like contrabass and warm play trumpets, you could call tracks like Fitzer's Soul nearly orchestral. Listen up.
Music on 2 was written seriously. It was not just tickered together on some PC. You should listen to the tracks with the same reasonable care the Dust Suckers put into the production, otherwise it could be that you will miss some of the very nice sprinkles attentive listeners will be rewarded with. You should better listen to this album alone. Put your head under some very good headphones in an anonymous apartment complex in a dim room at night. 2 is no album for listening with other people. The others would simply bother the adventure you will have while exploring all the tracks. With their talking or walking, they would skip you out of the film you will have, I guarantee. Listen to the rest of 2, the album produced by Le Dust Suckers on the 3 Heads Radio review website. Simply go to http radio.3heads.de. That's 3 as a number and Z in the end. There you can also win the album. And that's it for today. Stay tuned to Radio Goethe, otherwise you could miss the next issue of Made in Germany. See you in a bit. Bye bye. There was today's Radio Goethe magazine. Please find us online at radiogoethe.org. I'm Arndt Peltner.